Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. I grabbed the belt he wore. What I wish is to get you out of these pants and to get a look at what you've got only grope I've only groped at over the last few days. Once I got rid of the belt and dealt with the button fly, all those barriers simply increased the anticipation. I dropped his jeans and underwear together to show off his nicely proportioned endowment and sexy legs. He tittered a little and grabbed my shoulders for balance as he got out of his shoes before stepping out of his pants. A very nice looking mouthful you've got there. I cupped his cock and balls, making some sexy grunting noises. Ty undid a single button and zipper so he could push my pants down as I as I'd done with him. I was more gr- I was more graceful getting out of the shoes, and as soon as I was free of my jeans, he pulled me close so we were finally pressed together naked. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be bad at this at all. He made the surprising move of picking me up just above the waist and taking me over to the bed. And as he walked, I carefully wrapped my legs around him. I didn't let go at the edge of the bed, so he lowered us both down. Being moved so confidently and gently made me fall for him a little bit more. Claire? Yes, Neil? Was that erotic bathtubbing? Uh, no, that is the only sex scene in this book. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very bathtubby. Read in its entirety. (laughs) Oh my god. And then he stepped out of his shoes so he could take off his jeans. And then I took off one button. Oh god. Yeah. But Claire, okay, you're done with the sex scene, which means we have to do our podcast now. We have to do our podcast now. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Marry, Kill with the characters. We do. Also, so many spoilers. Uh, we are going to tell you the beginning, middles, ends um, of this of these books, for better or worse. Look, you may not want to know the ending, but we're going to tell it to you. Yes. So if you don't want to know in this way, go and buy the book and find out in the other way. (laughs) (laughs) In the other way. (laughs) Girl. Uh, Claire. Yes. You pick some books. Oh boy, did I ever. (laughs) What did you pick for us? I picked Broadway Dreams, a powerful New York City romance by Leah Moreno and... Love's Opening Night, an M.M. Romance, on stage book two, Jeff Adams. And I just realized something very funny about that. What? <laughs> I mean, we, we don't get opening night in this book. <laughs> they cover oh, so yeah. much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we get opening night, but it's like the after party for opening night. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyway, Love's Opening Night, an M.M. Romance on stage, book two by Jeff Adams. And what was the theme? The theme was Broadway. <laughs> Lies. On Broadway. Lies, indeed. Well, I mean. Well, for one of them. Yes. Okay. We're going to talk about it. Uh, talk but about first, it. Claire. Yeah. What has got you hot and bothered? Oh, Neil, the thing that has gotten me hot and bothered 
is the weather. It's hot and it will remain hot. And, you know, I got to tell you this. I have lived in San Antonio before. I've already lived here. Like I spent like two and a half summers here. Uh, I worked a job. This is the dumbest story of my life, but it is absolutely true. I was at the parking lot job. Yeah. Yeah. I worked. I worked a job where I sat in a car in the parking lot of the competitor of the company I worked for and just counted the people coming in and out. And I did that during the hottest part of summer. Um, and I can tell you this for a fact, it was not this hot. <laughs> like if it was 104 degrees every single day that summer, I would have died. I would have died of heat exhaustion in like the first couple of days. It was very hot. But it was like in the upper 80s, 90s hot. It was not like this. I did not expect this when I moved. This is Claire, insane. Claire, are you trying to tell me that the temperature of the world is getting hotter? Because I've never heard that before. Look, um, Neil, I have bad news. What? Captain Planet was right. Oh, it no. It wasn't just a cartoon. Oh, no. And now we have to find other people with rings. And we have to um, we have to get those children to take care of low level polluters. <laughs> <laughs> we have to be really angry at f- uh, small time farmers who we were told in the 90s were destroying the rainforest when it was not, in fact, small time farmers. It was large farmer uh farmer and farmers who were like you know tearing down the rainforest just for funsies and Claire, not even are for you their having farms. heat stroke right now probably farmer far farmer farm look hampstead hep hep hampstead we got a lot going on over here and it's very hot uh so i what i loved captain planet growing up mm-hmm. is very much the demographic also i learned later in life that for the first season or two uh the villain dr blight who's the lady and she had the like she wore her the hair swoop over her eye because she had a scar and that uh-huh. helped her want to pollute i don't know the first season or two that was meg ryan <gasps> that is but awesome she, but she didn't want to be credited Meg Ryan is surprising in so many ways. Yeah. Like she just speaks fluent French. Yeah. That's why great. not? Or not? I said, why not? Oh, why not? I was like, or not? She was in a whole movie. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, have I been lied to? Um, no, I mean, like, I feel like as a kid, I was told, you know, it's very important to save the planet. You shouldn't litter. And like, mm-hmm. it didn't occur to me at the time that that is dumb like that's aesthetically you need to not litter (laughs) and like in general like on the side of the highway you shouldn't just be throwing shit around that's Mm -hmm. all bad congratulations we did that we fixed that problem more or less but guess what all of that just went to the right place which was the landfill where it has also gone nowhere (laughs) yeah yeah and um growing up is very much like oh always recycle like there was a Rocco's Modern Life musical episode about recycling that's mm-hmm. basically like you you single person it is your responsibility to save the planet and yeah we all have a responsibility to 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 help and to do what we can but nobody's like oh by the way these giant 
corporations and factories are actually the ones doing all the polluting and there's nothing we can do about it because they are considered people in capitalism. Yeah, see, the thing is, like, in the 80s, at some point when they discovered, oh, shit, there's too much plastic, we should do something about it, they could have then. Like, the government easily could have said, no, we can't have this many plastic bottles. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, we're, we're outlawing this kind of manufacturing process. But they decided to not do that. <laughs> of course, because somebody gave them money. Whatever. Anyway... You know, not to put all our politics out on the table. So, Neil, what's got you hot and bothered? <laughs> ovens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, not specifically ovens. I have a baking story, but I, I thought it would it would tie into the, oh, a thing that's literally hot theme that Yay. we have going on. So, I, uh, as, as listeners will likely know, I think I've mentioned this, that I took up baking during Shelter in Place. I was like, I need to do something that will make me not go absolutely insane so i picked up baking and i was a relative novice and so i've um learned a few things here and there and i uh you're definitely not a a novice anymore uh no correct i made a cake recently and it's a it's a bunt uh it was called uh an italian country summer cake and it's just like a very simple bunt and then you dust it with powdered sugar and you put some fruit right in the middle i was like this sounds great i'm i'm going to a to a dnd night i'm gonna make this and then i was reading through the recipe and it said to start the oven at 450 and to put it in there for 15 minutes and then lower the oven to 350 and bake it for another 15 minutes i'm like that doesn't sound right that does not sound right for a bunt because you want you want bunts to be to be low and slow because everything that's touching the pan will cook faster mm-hmm. so you don't want it to cook too fast or else it'll be burnt and then you'll have like a burnt top of a cake a burnt bunt a burnt bunt and i should have listened to my instincts i should have listened to my instincts because that's exactly what happened the, and so one, I'm like, I actually know what I'm doing. And then two, I was like, is it me? Did I do something wrong? So I made the mistake of looking at the comment section on this woman's baking blog. And let me tell you, if you were looking for answers about absolutely anything, do not look in the comment section of some lady's baking blog. Because every single comment is, oh my God, that looks delicious. I can't wait to make it. That's not helpful. That's not helpful to anyone. That's you just saying things into the ether hoping that people will care but they don't nobody cares Mm-mm. i need to know this didn't work is it just me so then i was like okay i read through the recipe the like the ingredients i read through the also there was no it, it needed like a teaspoon and a half of baking powder and like that was it and then there was no like whisking to get air in i'm like so it didn't rise it burnt you know, There's so many I, things wrong. I have a shitty oven. My baking powder slightly expired. I was like, is it me? Is it my fault? And then I was reading the thing. It's like, oh, this is based on this other recipe that I read from this this book called Taste of Tuscany. And it's based, based on what's called the Ciambella cake. I was like, okay, I'm just going to look at a recipe for a Ciambella cake. And I was like, yeah, four teaspoons of baking powder and put that bitch in the oven for 40 to 45 minutes at 350. And I was like... I was, I was right. I was right. And then I made the chambella cake and it was fucking delicious. And I put all that fruit all up in there. It was, it was great. But I'm just like proud of myself that I'm like, 
oh, I do know what I'm doing. At least in one tiny aspect of my life, I'm actually competent. I mean, one, I think you were correct to go down to the comment section. And I'll say, like, if a whole bunch of people have written, um, I can't wait to try this. My sense is that those people don't exist. And this is a fake ass blog. Like, here's uh, the thing. Every single baking blog where I have read the comments, all the comments are like that, except there's one that's like, what size baking sheet or what size cake pan should I use? And it's like, well, it says right in the recipe, you dumbass. I think my favorite ones are like I when I've gone down into like the cooking or baking uh, comment section. I always like the ones where it's like, oh, my God, I love this recipe. But for my family, I lower the sugar because that's just too much sugar for us. And I take and I exchange like this butter for this butter. And that's fine. Oh, but then I also added nuts. And then I also took out like this kind uh, like this, this that you used. And I used to use this. And then I also decided instead of making it like a cake, I put it in a muffin tin. And because it was a muffin tin, I also did this. And then I'm like, that's a different recipe. You now. made a different thing. That's a, not the same thing. <laughs> and let me tell you, there's a whole lot of almond moms out there who are just like, oh, that's too much sugar. I had to take it down. And that's a difference between like you and I were talking earlier about taking out the amount of sugar in a buttercream so that mm -hmm. it's less sweet. Mm -hmm. And then taking out the amount of sugar in most recipes because that's too much sugar for a human being. And it's like... Uh, no. <laughs> no, there's a difference between taste and uh, being an almond mom. Almond mom. Is this a phrase that I'm not familiar with? What's an almond mom? Oh, my God. Uh, so I'm sure you're familiar with diet culture, which pretty much says if you're hungry in between meals, just eat a small handful of almonds. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a whole culture of moms out there who are pretty much just like, it's lunch. And you're my child? Here's seven almonds. <laughs> this will solve your problems. This, this will feed you. I'm allergic to almonds, mother. Too bad. <laughs> very much There's like, no other food in the world. Uh, very much like I am giving you my eating disorder. Like, yeah, you know, like, that's like, cute. Like the heirloom it is. <laughs> I, I inherited trauma. Now you too will inherit trauma. <laughs> There's, there's never going to be sugar in your cakes. Cool. <laughs> there's only going to be almonds for dessert. Here, here, sweetie, I made you a cake, and it's a bowl of eight almonds with a candle in it. Yes. Anyway. Good. Okay. Should we talk about some books? Let's talk about some books. <laughs> Almond mom. <laughs> Love's Opening Night, an MM romance on stage book two by Jeff Adams. Can an onstage love story lead to a real-life romance? That's, that's a lie. Sorry. Jeremy Steele is a veteran Broadway performer. For his latest role, he's dancing alongside a man he's fantasized about for years. TV star Ty Beaumont. Jeremy knows better than to get involved with a castmate. But when Ty has trouble learning the complicated choreography, Jeremy offers to lend a hand. And when a rehearsal kiss turns into something more, Jeremy can't help but wonder what a celebrity like Ty could ever see in a Broadway chorus boy like him. Will a relationship with his crush make it past previews? Or can it become a long-running hit? 
<laughs> okay, I do like that last sentence. That was good. That was good. I will give him yeah. that. Claire. Yeah. Uh, that's what that book says it's about. Uh-huh. What is this book about? Yeah. Um, so this book is the diary entry of a young man who wants to be a Broadway star one day and writes a fan fiction about it. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's uh, this is a short book that is very boring. <laughs> um, um, I will say there is no conflict ever. No, this whole book. Um, no. These two. So here's this young man, Jeremy. Uh, he's taken a risk. He had a very steady job as the uh, in the chorus slash as like a secondary on Wicked for the main male character in that. Um, and Wicked is forever running on Broadway, so it was just... Also, was I think fine. this came out in 2016, so yes. Yes, at that point it was forever running on Broadway. So, um, <laughs> so he left that steady job for a brand new show that had just finished doing its previews in Chicago, I think, mm -hmm. and was now starting its rehearsals for its Broadway run. Um... The, he gets in and the the guy who's he's still going to be a chorus boy like he's not like going for a lead part or anything it's it's a dancing part <laughs> like that's and I think it's some singing yeah in the beginning of the book it felt like he was just ensemble but later in the book it f seemed like he had a few lines or something yeah and I think he had a few lines and like a couple of like solo moments in mm -hmm. songs. Um, and then he definitely, and then he was given a solo dancing moment for near the end, which sounds like uh, the end of the show is chaotic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't even a solo. It was him and two other guys. Right. But he gets a solo moment in that he gets to leap across the stage very quickly by himself. <laughs> well, two other guys do the same thing right after him. Right, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, so when you say moment, it's very much a moment. It's a moment. It is a moment. <laughs> Just for this moment. And then, sorry, wicked reference. <laughs> um. So. As, sorry, real fast. As soon as he said wicked, I was like, I bet I know what year this book came out. And correct, correct. Yep. And I was like, oh, God, remember Wicked? And when we were all obsessed with Wicked? <sighs> I remember being angry at everybody who was obsessed with Wicked. Um, That's fair. I mean, I just didn't like it. Like, I it thought was, it was fine. Yeah. I, I liked that song Popular very much. That's a good one. Um, but Did on you ever whole, see it? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, and it actually did its previews in San Francisco. And my mm -hmm. dad and I almost went and saw the previews of it because we had both read the book at the same time. Did you like the book? Uh, yes, I did like the book. Okay, because most people who read the book first liked the book and hated the musical, whereas most people who saw the musical first liked the musical and hated the book. Oh, I am positive. Because they're two very different things. Very different. And I am positive anybody who liked that musical, of course, hated that book. Like, I did not like the book at all. Yeah, there's and there's good reasons to not like the book. But I read it as a senior in high school, and, like, my mm. mind was blown. Yeah, I... I reread yeah. a little bit of it later and was like, oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> Everyone I knew who had read it already had done it, had read it in high school. I read it in college after I had seen the musical. And I was like, what? Mm. Yeah. What? Oh. Um, yeah. 
so it was fine anyway anyway this has been our wicked podcast (laughs) i didn't like it also because i just thought it was just too much high pitch vocalization for every fucking song and there was a big part of it was like can i just get a soft bell yeah i mean you know they did get Kristen Chenoweth and Adina Menzel, who just sing very, very high. One of them can hit those notes, and the other one struggles with it, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so he's in this, you know, he's getting ready to to be in the show. Ty Beaumont is a television star who's also done some Broadway, some movies, and uh, Shakespeare in the Park. He was in Shakespeare in the Park. And so he's going to be the lead in this particular musical. Uh, Jeremy knows him from television and Shakespeare in the Park and has had a crush on him for a while and was, in fact, part of the reason why he, when he was offered this role, he jumped at it right away. Mm-hmm. Which some of this book gave me, ooh, Ty, no, Jeremy's a creepy stalker. <laughs> Don't go I saw time. every performance you did of Shakespeare in the Park. Was it Macbeth that he had done? I think so. I don't really know. No. Um. Anyway, so Jeremy watches Ty from afar while they're doing rehearsals. Uh, and Jeremy like critiques in his head, like, "Oh, Ty's having a rough time." with some of these dance stuff, but it's hard. He's not like, he's not like a professional dancer like I am. Mm -hmm. And one night they just end up in the same place alone together. And, uh, he, they start talking about the dance stuff. Ty admits that this is hard for him. Of course, he's not a professional dancer like Jeremy pretty much reiterates that same conversation Jeremy had in his head. And then Jeremy offers to help him. And I just, I have a question that just came to my mind. Oh, was yeah? Ty in the Chicago run of the show? No, Ty was not. Okay, okay, okay. Because I'm like, either he's new or the, all the choreography is new. But it would make sense that they would bring him in for the New York, for the Broadway thing yeah. after they've Well, and the a bunch okay. of the choreography is new. Like, the specific part is, like, part of that chaotic, chaotic dance it extravaganza and bonkers that they've decided to add. Um, it is important to note too that uh, Ty Ty's character in the show is straight and is having a romance with a lady, and it, the whole it's so there is no on stage love story. No, not even a little two bit. Yeah, at all. And when it said a rehearsal kiss, I'm like, no, no, that it wasn't a rehearsal. And there's a point where so Ty kisses Jeremy. They do the dip, and he kisses him when he would be kissing his, his the female lead. And Jeremy's like, "Was it just because it was a rehearsal?" I'm like, "No, no, what? No, you're not gonna be like, hey, per- they, it's you're not gonna be like, hey, friend who's helping me run my lines. Now's the kiss. Now we got a kiss. Now like we what? Kiss. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. Um, uh, and." Immediately afterwards, Ty apologizes. He's like, ah, I went too far. Ty's too perfect. Uh, No, they're both fine. Perfect. Neither of them have flaws or growth that they need to do or anything. No, uh, what happens after that is a perfectly reasonable way for two people to get together when they've met during a show. And that they uh, they proceed. Uh, I'll get to the I'll get to the almost breaking ankle in a second. But let's just skip over that. Yeah. 
They proceed to get to know each other in a reasonable way by meeting up after shows and just having a nice time. Uh, they go out on a date, which is very pleasant, and then they agree to continue having dates. Oh my god, that date was so <laughs> bathtubby. Oh my god. It's like, we get it, Ryder. You've been to New York. I get it. I get it. Oh let's, my god. Let's explain everything that is around. Like, okay. In general, this was it's so weird to say something this boring was overwritten <laughs> and but, it's only what 70 pages yeah um let me see if okay so oh. i guess this highlight we watched ricky and the other two go through the routine at half speed it was intricate and very physical i hadn't done anything like this outside of classes in a couple of years and those classes with teachers who really pushed my skills would quickly pay off i didn't need to know any of this information who is ricky <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is ricky <laughs> yeah there are a lot of names that just show up in here it's like oh and, and you know and then phil was I'm like who the fuck is phil yeah. I know a Lee. I know whatever the friend's name was, Jack or whatever. Who the fuck is Phil? No. You can't just throw names at me. We're just going to name everybody who was in the room. Everybody who was in the room gets a name. Oh, and we're going to refer God. back to that name, even though we only talked about them once and without context. Like, yep. oh, no. Don't do that, writer. I don't know what's happening. And that's mm. how everything happened. Like, everything was provided without any context. Or with too much context, Ugh, but no emotion, no emotion. It was it was robots. It was robots. But like robots. I I highlighted that several times. I think in both of these books, I was just like robots. That's not a thing a human says. That's, that's a robot. Robots. So these two have <laughs> a, a very sensible adult conversation about how showmances can be difficult, and maybe like you know, but we'll get through it together, and they do, and it's fine. That's that's it. That's the, that's the end. We read the book together, guys. Uh, um, it's not sexy. I don't feel sexy for these two. I don't know who these two people are. Uh, Ty apparently has had a crush on Jeremy since the read-through, so he likes him right away. There's nothing for them to get to know about each other, really. Um, the one the one moment I thought conflict was about to start and I was very excited about it because Jeremy's one big moment in the show is these leaps he's doing across stage for the the you know the near chaotic ending and he does it for a rehearsal in front of the producers and in front of um, a bunch of prospective like investors who are going to be there. He does these leaps across the stage and then he gets to the end and he slips and he falls and it feels like he's broken his ankle. Medic comes up right away. People come up. Ty is like, let me see him. And, like, pushes <laughs> people out of the way. And then he's like, take my car to the hospital. My car will take you because Ty is a big star. So he's got like a car that drives him around New York. And um, so he... Uh, and then he tells uh, he tells Jeremy, I'm so sorry. And Jeremy's like, why is he sorry? It's not like he left the water on the stage for me to slip in. And I was like, did he, though? <laughs> or, I was so hungry for conflict. I was like, <laughs> did somebody? Yeah. Or, too, because they had built in. So Jeremy has had a, I'd say, successful career. Like, he's not a name, but he's been working steadily for years. He, he only ever joins a show after it's been running. So this is his first time working on a show as it's opening mm -hmm. so when he breaks his ankle and and he's like oh no am i gonna like have to quit the show am i not going to get 
a Broadway opening night ever and i'm like these are important things this is conflict there are stakes and it's like oh no you'll be fine by friday yeah why do why did we do any of it oh it was to to show that ty is all the more perfect and just like shows up at jeremy's house and is like i brought you all the chinese food and some chicken noodle soup yep and uh and and i want to date you fyi yeah also they spent so much they spent so much time at uh Jeremy's place when Ty's apartment was bigger and closer to the theater and it was like very late into the process that they actually went to Ty's apartment and yeah Ty doesn't like the apartment because it it, like one of the producers owns it so they're letting him stay there and it's very sterile and like I totally get that and like that was the one insight into who Ty is as a person that he's like it doesn't feel lived in like I want to live somewhere cozy I'm like okay great but it's just like why well, I guess if you have somebody who's driving you, you can just go all the way out to Brooklyn whenever you want. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> unlike the second book, which uh, did not take place in New York, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Like, this book did take place in New York, which I appreciated. It did involve Broadway. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, it did have a real sense of how, like, actual working on Broadway can work. Like. Mm-hmm. And it is important to be in an original cast. Um, I have a friend of mine who I graduated from Eastern New Mexico University. And I I say friend exceptionally loosely when I should say a person who was an acquaintance when I went there. (laughs) Um, uh, And she's on the original Broadway cast recording of uh, of a of a Broadway show. And so that's that's great. And I know which one. Uh, I do. It's Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, which did not last long on Broadway. Oh. Well, but still. But I heard it was good. Yeah. And I found out she was on that recording because I just, like, picked up, like, we were in New York at a record store. I picked up a used record of that. And I was like, oh, this is neat. And I turned around and there was her name. No. Like, wow, this is an exciting way to find this information out. Um, but yeah, no, and this is, it's extremely important for your career. It's good for you. It pays money beyond, like, beyond having been in the show. Like, it mm-hmm. is good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that was true. And it's just like, like, I didn't feel like I really, I genuinely did feel like I was just reading someone's diary entries, like that they were exceptionally good at writing what happened to them during the day. And they were very thorough because they wanted the inf- to keep the notes for later. It, it was just devoid of, inf- of, of like real emotion. Right. Um, this is this this book was written in a way that it's like, oh, if I were friends with Jeremy and we were talking over drinks and I could like interact with these stories as he was telling them to me, it'd be so very interesting because it felt realistic to somebody's life. And I'm like, oh, this could be a fun journey to go on to like watch with your friend. But like reading it narratively, I'm just like, and then what? Nothing. Nothing's nothing's happening. Why is nothing happening? I was never in doubt of the romance. I was never no. in doubt of um, even the show's when success. I was never in doubt of like his success as a human being. Yeah, even when it got to the point that he was like, "Oh, are we going to go public?" Because Ty's famous and has been historically pretty like close-lipped about his sexuality. And so I was like, "Oh, is that going to be a thing?" That's like, "Oh, we have to be secret. We can't be together." And then like they're going to the opening night party because we skip over opening night itself, and then. Also, the pacing of this felt very lopsided. Anyway, um, 
So Jeremy is like, oh, but like they're going to be cameras. We're going to be on a red carpet. Like, do you do you want me to be there as your boyfriend? Do you want me to kind of like be off to the side? Like, I'm fine with whatever. Like, whatever you want to do. And Ty's like, oh, and then like takes a picture of them kissing and then posts it to Twitter. And it's like hashtag boyfriend. So like that wasn't a conflict. There was no nothing was like nothing. Nothing. No, nothing besides, was a conflict. like the water spilling moment. There was one moment that like was fake, fake, fake conflict that was like Ugh. forced in there because I think someone was like, um, I think you need a little conflict. Oh, and, the friend from back home. Right. And oh so, God. And this was the most hilarious thing. So imagine. So I'm just gonna tell the story as if I was a high schooler because this is Please. how it felt like. Thank you. So, like, I was talking to Jennifer, and Jennifer was like, oh, my God, do you want to come out with us tonight? Like, a whole bunch of us are going out. And I was like, I totally wanted to go out with her, but also I told Mike that I was going to go out with him if we were all going out. But, like, I didn't know if Mike wanted to do that publicly, and I didn't want to have to tell, you know, my friend that I was going to go out with Mike because then she'd know I liked Mike. And I didn't want to do that, but I also didn't want to not go if Mike was going to go do something else. So, like, how do I, like, do both things? And I'm looking at Mike, and Mike's, like, talking to this other person, and I'm like, who is that? And, like, I'm trying to, like, mind link with him, but, like, we're not, like, there yet. And then, like, I'm like, like, yo, like... Uh, then my friend is like, I think Mike is trying to talk to you because either he wants you to introduce you to his friend or he wants you to get out of that. And you're like, and I'm like, I don't know what he wants. So like I go over there and he's like, this is my friend from like high school. And I'm like, shit, did these two like go out? Like, are they still like in love? And he's like, his wife is like overseas and you know, like we don't get to talk a lot and you know, they're totally in love. But like we used to have like funny sort of like high school crushes on each other. That's totally over now and i'm like cool <laughs> readers claire is exaggerating maybe five percent <laughs> that's literally what that scene was oh my god it, it, the, even it, like i tried to mind meld him but we're not there yet that is a line from the book claire yeah. did not make that up it did not make up that line. Oh, and God. here's the funniest part, because uh, because Jeremy was freaking out about like going with the group or going with Ty to this dinner. They end up doing both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and then the friend couldn't stay out late anyway because he's like a morning talk show host, so he has to go to bed early. So yep. it wasn't even. They had dinner. They had a lovely time, and we didn't spend any time at the dinner or the thing that they went to afterwards we just skipped over all of that no and in fact that entire scene from beginning to end could have been lifted from this book and thrown away and i would not have known it was ever in there yep goodness me (sighs) i mean i wish there was more to say about this book but i don't have anything else to say (laughs) no nope oh that was a lie oh that was a lie i told I told a lie because there is one more thing to say, which is the very funniest thing I have ever seen in a book. So <laughs> this book ends at 83% of oh, the right. Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the writer adds about 10 pages of Love's Opening Night fun facts. 
where he goes chapter by chapter. Because this book was originally a serial. Right. And And gives you, like, little fun Easter eggs. Here's the thing. I started reading them. I was like, will these be interesting? I got to chapter three. I'm like, no, these are not interesting. And I stopped reading them. Oh, my God. And, like, it's chapter by chapter. It is the funniest thing. So, like, chapter eight. This date is made up of some of my favorite food in NYC. Duke's is located near Gramercy Park. Uh, was something I discovered during my first job in the city because it was near the office. The southern style food was delicious. I'm happy to see the restaurant is still there, though what Ty and Jeremy ate on their date isn't currently on the menu. I also had bowling outings at Bolmar and at Chelsea Piers. The disco bowling sessions were my favorite. Lastly, the waffle truck, known as Waffles and Dings, is one of my the best things ever. Now nowadays they're easier to find because they've got storefronts. But back when I lived there, I'd stock the trucks on Twitter because sometimes you need a throwdown and hot chocolate fix. Claire. Yeah. Murder me. That was unbearable. <laughs> oh man. God. Are we done? Uh we're done. Okay, that was Love's Opening Night and MM Romance on Stage Book Two by Jeff Adams. The end. Goodbye. <laughs> Broadway Dreams, a powerful New York City romance by Leah Moreno. Kelly was born to be a star. Unfortunately, she was born in a world where there was more starlight than starlets. Despite the fact that most of her friends had surrendered to the idea that they would be part of a Midwest small town life for the rest of their lives, Kelly believed differently. When she looked up at the evening sky, the stars seemed to spell out her name as if they were demanding that she be something more. Kelly dutifully attended community college, but found it difficult to succeed at something she had so little passion for. She loved acting in high school plays and decided she was better off taking a chance giving her Broadway dreams a shot. When the reluctant blessing of her family, Kelly took a great leap moving to New York City, and she uh, she had a grizzled old uncle who lived in a funky houseboat in the big city, and he was willing to take her in. Kelly worked as a bartender, and the work was her refuge. It was a hole-in-the-wall waterside bar that was frequented mostly by locals. It had been six years since she arrived in New York City, and just as her belief in her dreams had begun to fade into the bar walk's chase, he was very handsome, rich, and way out of her league. However, he was attracted to her. After a hot and sexy first night together, they experience high drama and tension during a powerful relationship. A fling with some stranger had not been part of her New York actress plan. So far, it had left her uh, sharing a houseboat with her alcoholic uncle and working at a dive bar just to make ends meet. None of the Broadway dreams she had journeyed to the city with had come to fruition. Maybe she Why are you thought still to talking? Herself, it was time to give up and move back home. Will she find true love with Chase? Will her Broadway dreams come true? Will she give up and move back home? 
Uh, readers, it is important for you to know that the first two paragraphs in this were actually paragraphs from the book, and then the writer was like, oh shit, that's not enough information, and then, <laughs> and then stole sentences from other parts of the book to try to get to Chase, and then was like, ah, that's not quite good enough for the end, and then like wrote the rest of it. <laughs> oh god. Neil. Yes. Tell me about this book. First of all, the title is Broadway Dreams, A Powerful New York City Romance. Every single one of those words is a lie. A lie! It's not really a romance. It is definitely not powerful. Broadway is barely important to the plot. It's Broadway's not important to the plot whatsoever. And uh, Except New York that she City... she does want to be there. That is what drew her to New York. Sure. But, but like, the way this book was written, she could have been a painter, a musician. She yeah. could have been absolutely anything. Like, very it did true, not matter. Um, and New York City is also questionable. Yes. No, um, I... Uh, there is a funny part where she takes a cab to a house that ha in New York City that has a uh, round driveway, a big round driveway. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. where... Is, it's not on Manhattan. Also, she lives in a houseboat. Do they have houseboats in New York City? I do think there are some, yes. Uh, okay. I See, I was like, oh, is she in Jersey? Like, is that what this situation is? Anyway. Yeah, and it doesn't, yeah. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. Okay, so we open up on Kelly or Leslie, depending on where in the book we are. Yep. Um who came to New York because she wanted to be a Broadway star. We barely ever hear about Broadway ever again. Um, and now because of that, she throws herself into her bartending job because that's what makes her happy. I don't know. I Who knows? Well, she, um, she throws herself into the bartending job because that's the only way to pay for the acting classes that will, is supposed to get her... Uh, more jobs it also yeah, says well, that's how she pays for her agent but that's not how agents work yeah she uh, we also find out that she's never really performed in front of an audience before so i'm like and she's like nobody's casting me it's like it's probably not because you're bad it's because you've never been in a play before mm -hmm. you've never performed in front of people before ever like Broadway's not going to cast you, honey. I'm sorry to say. Do some regional stuff first. Do some local, like, indie stuff. Get something on your resume other than I want to. Anyway, so Kelly Leslie works at this bar um, with Lance and who was the other friend? Oh, uh, like Jenny. Joan or Gina. Gina. Gina? Gina. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, they work at this dive bar what, that Kelly kind of like Kelly Leslie kind of likes because she's like, oh, it's the locals. I know how to handle them. They tip fairly well. They don't cause a lot of trouble, except I have like thrown people out before. I'm like, OK, good for you, girl. And then um, someone finds out that suddenly the, the rich kids are going to come slumming it at the bar for funsies. And Kelly Leslie hates rich people. Claire, ask me why Kelly Leslie hates rich people. Why does Kelly Leslie hate rich people? I have absolutely no idea. It doesn't say. It doesn't tell us. She is salt of the earth. She is from a real place. The Midwest. 
She's <laughs> she's from the Midwest. She is from town, comma state, comma the Midwest. <laughs> she is from no more than two thousand people lived here, Midwest. <laughs> yeah. So she hates rich people, which of course is what you want to have happen when the rich boy comes in and you want them to fight. But we don't know why. We have absolutely no idea why she hates rich people. Mm-mm. Um, when it's all there's there's so there are so many reasons why. Like it's it could have been anything. It could have oh, been yeah. absolutely anything. Oh, the I almost I almost got cast in a show, but the entitled producer didn't like the look of me. Oh, also her eye her hazel eyes are sometimes hazel, sometimes green, sometimes blue, sometimes brown, sometimes teal, and that keeps her from getting cast. Yes. Because you know when you're in a Broadway show, it's the color of your eyes that matter. <laughs> when you're on stage, the audience can see what color your eyes are mm-hmm. and if it's the wrong color, that's very off-putting, and they will not buy tickets to your show. Yeah, no, you won't. Because that's be how Broadway works. Um, um, I think there was one reason she brought up for hating rich boys that made complete sense to me, in that she works at like a shitty bar that's like very much like we serve beer type of bar, mm-hmm. um, and she didn't, and like she was not looking forward to a whole bunch of because like there was a. A group of rich kids who were going and this is the one time like I felt like this possibly took place in the now times because there's no cell phones mentioned like you still hailed cabs uh, but on Twitter <laughs> it mm-hmm. said that there was a whole bunch of rich people who were slumming it in like these small bars for fun and that they were coming now to this shitty bar she worked at and she was she did was not looking forward to that because these rich entitled people were going to be assholes all night because they would demand like so much of her service when the locals just want a fucking beer. And so like, it was like, that's a perfectly good reason to hate rich people. That is. But also there was nothing to suggest that ever, that that had ever happened to her before. Or that, um, or that it happened that night. Or that it even happened that night. Because when, when we do meet Chase and he does finally order, he's like, I'll have an imported beer. Thank you. He, not a not a brand, just an imported one. Doesn't matter. Yeah. He he'll take a Corona. It's imported. Yeah. So, um, Gina is uh, uh, apparently Gina's out to like get laid and get some money from these from these rich boys, but she's not working that night. And Lance is like, yeah, I'm looking to fuck because I'm gay and I live in New York and I'm in my twenties. Like, yeah, I did sure. appreciate that the gay best friend actually was like fucking other guys like was oh, it just for like sure. this asexual like loud guy who's just like girl honey get it girl he honey was, honey honey yeah he gets a boyfriend at some point no he was very much like oh no I'm here to fuck <laughs> it's like well, I am here to make tips and get and fucked you Thank were you. in my way right now <laughs> you move <laughs> So then, okay, so then enters Chase, who's a weird fucking guy. Uh, so he, okay. Okay. The the narrative of this book is because because we're never in Chase's head. And then because he's a man, oh, he doesn't no, have no, to... No, no, you are wrong. We are sometimes oh, that's right. at very random positions. At very random parts. We're in, in Chase's head. We're in Chase's we're head. again. Or, or that, that random dude sitting at the bar. We're in his head for like three sentences. We kind of jump around. We don't spend much time in Chase's head. No. Uh, and because he's a man, he doesn't have to grow or learn or anything. 
No. So that means that everything that Kelly Leslie does is wrong. So she's at the bar. This shitty bar has table service, which I do not believe for one second. Also, this shitty bar keeps tabs open, which I do not believe for one second. Nope. Um, she has a tray full of drinks and like lightly sloshes them on him. Well, no, because here's the thing. I think he was like trying to get someone's attention. She was busy. So then he decides to wait until she's holding a tray full of drinks and stand right behind her so that when she turns around, she spills glasses all over him. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, don't stand right behind someone when they have a tray full of drinks for this exact reason. And then Kelly Leslie proceeds to drop every glass she holds for the rest of the book because Chase is there. She thinks about Chase. Somebody says the word Chase and she's just she's like, I'm not a clumsy person. And then she drops every single glass we see her hold the entire book. (laughs) Oh, God. So then she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. There's a point where he like takes his he 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 has a button up that gets wet and he like unbuttons it and he's like oh it'll dry faster, she's like I'm busy I gotta go and then uh, she's like Lance take his drink order and Lance was like sure girl <laughs> hey hey what can I do for you I'll get you anything and then it says that Chance. <laughs> Holds his shirt closed across his chest, narrows his eyes, and says, I'll have an imported beer, thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, so then he kind of like hangs around until like the other rich kids leave, the bar kind of dies down, and then she comes over and she's like, She's thinking to herself, shit, I'm gonna have to like replace his clothes. I know they're expensive. I don't have money, but I got to I got to I'm going to have to make it work. So she comes over and she's like, hey, so like, how much is it to replace your clothes? And he's like, I didn't ask for any money. She's like, no, I no, I I, I know that I, I appreciate that. But like, it's my fault. Please. What would it be like even just the dry cleaning? And he's like, why are you being so difficult about this? Like he gets weird about money so quickly and we don't learn why ever. We never even have a moment of like, I'm sick of people handing things to me like that never happens. So he's just like, why are you being difficult? And she's, and then, so then she's prickling up and she's like, oh, well now he's treating me like charity. And I'm mad about that. We don't know why, because there's nothing in her past to indicate that Kelly Leslie feels that way. And she's like, well, blah, 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 I'm giving you money. And then he just like leaves. He literally just like stands up and walks out of the bar. Yeah, and she's like, say anything. And she's just holding cash going, um, what just happened? She's like, that guy was weird. And later she talks to Gina about it. And Gina's like, listen, rich guys are just trying to get laid. They're terrible. Also, you were a bitch and you fucked up. Look how wrong you're being. And then I thought that she and Gina hated each other for a long time. And then at some point she's like, well, my best friends, Gina and Lance. I'm like, what are you what are you doing? Anyway, Gina for a ride at one point. Yeah. So then Chase comes to the bar a couple more times and oh they hook up right they have a one night stand well, it's, it's right away it yeah. is right away so she's like confused as hell is what's happening she goes back to the houseboat and where she turned she spray painted some of her uncle's beer cans to make a funky chandelier they, uh, one gross 
you could get something better at Ikea for not that much more money. No. Two, that, it would be a terrible chandelier. Where is the light coming out? Uh, it's no. covered by the aluminum. Uh, the the writer has not been to New York or been places. Or so, seen a theater show or anything. Anything. So no, so she goes home. She her uncle is in the is kind of being roughed up in that moment by somebody who's coming to collect debts. Oh, oh my god, that's right. And yeah. that never pays off ever. No, so, I forgot about that moment because it meant nothing. But it is one of the funniest things that happens. So she's able to so and she's trying to get him to, to leave and he's like, he doesn't have any money. I know you're a waitress at a bar, you give me all your fucking tips. And she's just she's just flush with cash right now and she's just like i don't want to give this money to this guy and she was willing to give it over to the guy who like she ruined a shirt but not to her uncle's debt collector i was like bitch you're 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 whatever but she fights she's like no absolutely not we're not doing that i did appreciate she's like i work at a dive bar it was a slow night i have no money on me right good job girl and then chase shows up and he's like kelly leslie what's going on and Kelly Ooh. Leslie's like, what the fuck are you doing here? He's like, don't be angry at me. And then the, the guy, the money collector is like, what about me? And she's like, oh, shut up. She grabs a hockey stick that her uncle had from going to a game one time. And it was like a souvenir. And she just like hits the guy. So he goes off the boat. And then she puts the hockey stick down. And she's like, Chase, what are you doing here? We don't hear from the guy who fell off the boat ever again. He is gone. <gasps> Kelly Leslie murdered someone. Yes, and it is unimportant. Nobody cares. Nobody and cares. Then I was like, don't be mad at me. I followed you. Yeah. Meanwhile, he had left the bar like an hour or two before closing. Yep. He just creepered his way right over to that houseboat. And then uh, he helps Kelly Leslie get her uncle into bed because he's blackout drunk. And then she's like, do you want to go for a walk or something? And he's like, yeah. And then she looks and she's like, and over the sea, I saw a storm was coming. And then she's like, yeah, let's go for a walk. She's <laughs> like, what are we doing? So, what, what are you? So okay. they go for a walk, and um, then they go into a unused sea shanty cottage that's just sitting. I know a sea shanty is a song, but I always think of a sea shanty as like a cottage, like a, a sea shacky. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it was anyway. like a sea shacky. Yeah, it was like a, an unused tool shed. Yep. Because they so get they, caught in the rain. I will say, if absolutely nothing else, getting caught in the rain out on a marina and having to like tuck away into a sea shack where you fuck that's a great situation oh sure so they have sex in there and then fall asleep together and she just sleeps there all night like oh no that's right <laughs> they fall asleep there and he leaves her and she wakes up alone in the sea shacky yeah she wakes up alone but she's just like huh oh well hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she just like cuddles back in and she's like i slept so good that night <laughs> i imagine she's cuddling up with some like kind of kind of moldy rope and like a, a buoy that has like mouse bites out of it or something oh my god oh, so god. and then she's like well that was a one night stand and it was fun whatever well no first she's like i don't know what one night stands are i don't understand <laughs> It's none of my plan. <laughs> I'm Kelly Leslie. I approve <laughs> this message. God damn it. Uh, she goes to the bar the next day. That's when Gina's like, oh, this guy's no good for you. He's just a richy rich who doesn't want anything um, except your body. 
and I and this is the only place we stand Kelly Leslie because Kelly Leslie goes that's fine that's all I wanted him for (laughs) (laughs) she's like yeah okay okay and he was like i'm not quite sure what the problem is with that like and then everybody says chase and she just keeps dropping glasses right and he comes back and then and then idiocy ensues (laughs) he comes back a few times and then they have a fight and then he leaves or she leaves whatever whatever and then later lance is like here he gave this to me to give to you and it's an address and for i'm like no creeper creeper mcgee and then she magically knows because that's another thing about this book she just magically knows things to be true she's like oh my god i'm going to his house and i how do you know bitch how do you know it's his house yeah and then going to an address go just going to an address at any time and then i thought that chase had given lance the address to give to Kelly Leslie. No, no, no. Lance found the address because he he knows who Chase is because of his family because they're rich and do a thing. Um, so Lance found Chase's address and gave it to Kelly Leslie and Kelly Leslie just showed up at his house unannounced and had no idea what was going on and then she happens to see Chase and he also had no idea what was going on. Yeah, Kelly Leslie had no plan. There was no plan. plan. Never a plan. Um, So then she apologizes for like getting angry at him for being a creeper. And he accepts that apology. Oh, also his sister shows up at one point and she thinks that he, that, that the sister is the new, the new femme du jour that he's like fucking, but then it turns out to be his sister. And she's like, the sister approaches Kelly Leslie and is like, my brother's right. You are really cruel. And Kelly Leslie's like, what does that even mean? They're rich. So they're cruel. I'm like, bitch, he's into you. Like, girl, come on, come on. Anyway, uh, they go into one of the, 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 she goes into the house with Chase, like his big old huge mansion. And he's like, let's just make out. So they start making out up against the wall. And she's just like, oh, we're just like in the foyer of your house. Like, maybe we shouldn't, like, who's going to, someone's going to see. And he's like, no one's going to see. Immediately his sister walks in and then his mom and then his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Like, they were all home. <laughs> Um, so then they, so then she says like, stay for dinner. And Kelly Leslie's like, okay, I guess. Um, oh, did we skip the date? Maybe it doesn't matter. Oh, no, 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 no. That's coming up. That's coming yeah. up. That's coming oh, up. No, yeah. Because the date is the, the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So then they sit at dinner and she's overwhelmed and people are mean to her, but they're nice to her, but they're mean to her, but they're nice to her. I don't know. And then she um, and then she goes to leave and she's standing outside waiting for a cab. And then she's like, I forgot my purse. I'm like, Kelly Leslie, you did not forget your purse. Uh, writer, like, think of a better reason. Think of a better reason. It started raining again. So she has to go inside. You've already used that. It 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 it's it's there. We've established anyway. So she goes inside, and then the and then the dad is like, oh, "She's beneath you. She just wants your money." Blah 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 blah. And and she's like, "Oh, that's terrible." And she runs away. Uh-huh. Later, 
Chase Chase invites her out on a date. They they fight and then they're not fighting. And a lot happens in sixty something pages. It's a powerful romance, Neil. <laughs> powerful things happen between the classes. So then he's like, "Hey, let's go out on this date." Right now, like he he just like shows. Oh, probably Gina's like you were a bitch, and Kelly Leslie's like, but you said rich guys are terrible, and Gina's like, well, don't listen to me. This one's nice. Yeah. What do you want, Gina? Anyway, um, Jordan, Gina, whatever, it doesn't it was, matter. It was Gina. It was Gina. Okay. Um. So then, uh, Kelly Leslie apologizes again. I don't know. Anyway. Chase shows up and is like, we're going on a date. She's like, great. Like, she's getting off of her shift. And he's like, okay, here's this limo. And she's like, okay. She's thinking to herself, where are we going? I'm still goes, wearing my apron from work. Yeah. Oh, also really fast. There's a point where she drops a glass and she goes to pick it up. She forgot that glass was sharp. And she goes to pick it up and she cuts her hand open and she uses her dirty bar rag to staunch the blood. I'm like, well, now you have to get that amputated, Kelly Leslie. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, so she's in the backseat of this limo, and she's like, I'm still wearing my, like, smelly clothes and my apron from work. Wherever we're going in this, and he looks real nice, wherever we're going in this limo, I'm going to be underdressed as fuck. And it's like, and she says something about it, and he's like, oh, don't worry, I bought you this dress. Why don't I help you change into it? So then they fuck in the limo. And then they go to this, this, like, dinner club. It's like... Was there food? I, it's like a like a jazz club or something. Yeah, and there was definitely drinks. Um, I mean, it did feel like. Oh God, this, is, this sounds assholeish as hell. When I was in New York with my friends, uh, and we went to a uh, we went to a club where um, it was it was open mic, quote unquote. I mean, this is a lie. It was not an open mic place. Um, it was a very posh, uh, it was a very posh club where Broadway singers would come and just sing something for fun for the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you had a chance to see like Broadway singers just like kind of relaxing and chilling and having a good time with like a pianist Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and playing live and it's open mic in that it's never planned who the fuck is going to be showing up. And if somebody cooler shows up than somebody who signed up, like then they get bumped they get bumped and like it's also a place though like if you catch it on a night where not a lot of people have shown up and you're just like you know and you are just i don't know like a girl from eastern new mexico university uh you like you could probably you can sign up and you can sing and there's a good chance there's going to be somebody there worthwhile Mm -hmm. who's like looking for broadway singers or enjoys like just listening to good people sing so it's like and it's not an insider's thing like a tourist can go like it's not that big a deal but it's also like um you know it's 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 just a fun time and for the most part you're not going to see a broadway singer there but you might and so that's what's kind of, and that is what i imagined he took her to <laughs> yeah that sounds very accurate and that that is the most new york thing that happens in this book right and not actually what I think the writer was imagining, FYI. Yeah. I think I have more information than the writer did. Yes, yes. So then they're there, and they meet up with a couple of his friends. So they're, they're sat at, at a four-top a four table with these, these people that he knows, and they're just sort of chatting, and everyone's like, oh, Kelly Leslie, nice to meet you. And she's like, but they're rich, but they're being nice to me. Um, and then they're like, oh. 
And then they're like, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage our singer, Kelly. Kelly. And Kelly was like, well, the, I'm the only woman named Kelly in this room. How do you know How that? How do you know that? How, How do you, you know, know that? that? Did every, every other woman in the room say, well, I'm not Kelly Leslie. I'm Cynthia. <laughs> like, anyway. So then, understandably... Kelly Leslie is a little put out by this whole situation. And also, because, he's gotten her drunk. Oh, yeah. He, he's gotten her, her drunk. For this. And she and he's even said that. He's like, I need you to be a little more relaxed. Keep drinking. So she's a little put out by this situation. And understandably so. Because it's like, oh, playing with a brand new, pe- like a pianist that you don't know in front of people can be stressful. Does he know her song? Does he know it in her key? Is she warmed up? Like, all of these. Like, it is not a nice thing to just put someone on the spot to start singing for you unless that's like a room full of people who can do that right mm-hmm. but then she's also like i can't not go everybody's clapping so i have to go up now so kelly leslie goes up and she sings and everybody cries and everybody claps and blah 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 and then a guy a guy was like, "You, d- the thing you said to me, Chase, was not incorrect because that's how people talk in this book. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to be this Broadway producer who turns to Kelly Leslie and says, come to the studio on Monday. I'm like, <laughs> what and then studio? And business card. He, yeah, here's my business. Come to the studio on Monday. What studio? <laughs> He's in an office. Also, like. What 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 is what is happening? What is happening? And then later she's like, I could be in the studio Monday starting on a new show. I'm like, that's not how that works. They don't just start a show every Monday. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it's Monday. Time to start rehearsing a brand new show. Did we find everyone we needed? Oh, yes. Fortunately, Jim went to that weird club and Kelly Leslie was available. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> so I this 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 writer has no idea how theater works at all. Um so then Kelly Leslie's angry at Chase about uh putting her on the spot like that and Gina again is like you're a fucking idiot everything you do is wrong. Isn't that right narrative? Let's tell women how stupid they are. Uh-huh. I told you to do one thing and you followed that advice and now I'm telling you to do the complete opposite thing and you should have known that because how else am I going to have conflict in this book? Like it's uh it was interminable. And then all of a sudden she was in opening and then we jump into Chase's head and he invites his parents and sister to opening night of Kelly Leslie's show. On and, Broadway. On Broadway. And the dad's like, Well, I'm glad you didn't I'm so glad you're over that waitress lady, that waitress girl you brought around. And then of course he doesn't re- he doesn't recognize her probably because her eyes look like a different color and he didn't probably, recognize her at all. That is probably exactly why. And then and then because Chase is a dick, it's her opening night. It's everyone's opening night. This whole cast, it is their night, and he gets up on stage after curtain call to propose to her. So he makes their opening night about him. Yep. So you know that's fun. Um, oh, also, there's a moment where Chase's mom, like, pulls Kelly Leslie aside and was like, don't be afraid of happiness. Don't make the mistakes I made. <laughs> I'm like, run, Chase's mom. Just get out of there. <laughs> you divorced the man. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, they end up together. It's fine. Whatever, whatever. This book was not good. Nothing made sense. Uh, also, okay, I I have a little grammar rant. <gasps> yeah. Okay, so in English, 
Oftentimes, if a word ends with the letter Y and becomes plural, you change the Y into an IE. Like monkey, M-O-N-K-E-Y, becomes monkeys, M-O-N-K-I-E-S. That is if a thing is plural. That is not when a thing is possessive. And that is also not true for proper nouns. But this writer didn't get that message. So when it was talking about Kelly's something, it was K-E-L-L-I-E apostrophe S. We changed how she spelled her name every time there was a possessive S at the end. And I don't I don't know why this writer thought that they had to do that. That's work. It's it's extra work and it's bonkers. It is bananas. It makes no sense. And it's just like, oh, well, you know, you have to change how somebody spells their name when you put a possessive S at the end. No, you don't. What is wrong? <laughs> and the funny thing, too, is if she'd left it at Leslie, then it would have been fine. Like, um, oh uh, this was one of my favorite sentences in the book. Please. He stroked his gaze over the curves of her body and felt the alcohol he had consumed warming his body. Oh, God. I'm just going to read that through again. Uh, Yes, please. He stroked his gaze over the curves of her body and felt the alcohol he had consumed warming his body. God. There's another sentence that she's like, what are you talking about? She asked dismissively. I'm like, can it be dismissive if you're asking someone for information? If you're actively asking someone for something, can it be dismissive by definition? Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. This book This book was it dreadful. Bonkers. Also, we never, we never, he obviously had weird hangups about having money and her not having money, but we never get into it at all so it's never explained i don't know why he was like don't i didn't ask for money why are you being difficult and i'm not going to talk to you but i'm going to hang around for two hours and follow you home like none of that made sense to me in any way shape or form it was just claire no no it wasn't good no it was bad the only part of the book so when we first start and we hear the whole thing about her looking up in the sky and seeing her name and blah 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 community college and then at 20 deciding to just go to new york and just give it a good college try and then it says seven years later you're kicking a beer can down the sidewalk and i was like yes this is so fucking funny like i was looking forward to that lyrical opening being just like and actually that was a shitty dream um anyway here's why it's hard and i was really looking and then it was like oh no the rest of this book is bad too it was just it was just it was a funny way to like jump into like here's dirty grimy new york city and it was like oh but that's not what the author was actually doing no not even a little anyway are we done yeah we're done okay that was broadway dreams a powerful new york city romance all of those words is a lie by lee moreno <laughs> are you ready i'm ready are you ready i'm ready Let's play fuck Mary, fuck Mary, fuck Mary, fuck Mary, kill. Let's play fuck Mary, kill. 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 Are you ready? Fuck Mary, kill. Okay, Claire. Oh, Neil. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready to play fuck Mary, kill? Let's play some fuck Mary, kill. Woo.
Uh, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Uh, you go first this time. Okay, great. Um, I did not take notes. I do not have one prepared and I have been drinking wine. So let's see what happens. Yay! Claire. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill. Jeremy. Kelly Leslie. Or... Gina. Ooh. Well... I am going to marry Jeremy because of all the people who seem like human beings, he is one. <laughs> I mean, it seems like he's got his life together. I mean, this even talks about he was really glad he spent so much time in Wicked because he now has insurance for um, yeah. for this injury that he got. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. And there was a whole bit too about like how his he was talking to his parents and his mom was like, why would you leave the steady gig for this unsure thing? And he's like, I couldn't tell them I was doing it for this guy I've never even met. Like that all that that like three sentences of the book was great. Yeah, that tracks. And I mean, also, he's got his acting life and his like or dance like like life enough together. And he saved up enough money and works hard enough that he can afford an apartment in Brooklyn by himself. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any roommates. I mean, it's, it's teenty, but what? It's teenty, but still. Yeah, I mean, it's a little shoebox, uh, shoebox studio. But yeah, yeah, but he likes it. Even he's he's like he, he like Ty says it's cozy. So I think you know. I mean, yeah, I'd marry him. That sounds great. Okay. Um, I'm gonna fuck Gina just because yeah. like. You know, she seems like a good time bar girl. Why not? I bet she's hot. I bet there's a reason, you know, why she's at that bar and she gets good tips. And yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Why not? Um, I'm going to kill um, Kelly Leslie because she is not a human being. And um, the author doesn't even know what her name is. No. Yeah. No. That's oh sad. That's sad for them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do the same. Jeremy was fine. Um but of of the of the options, yeah, I'd marry him. Um, he sounds bendy, which is always nice. Um, he also had talked. He talked about um, like previous boyfriends, previous hookups, and stuff like that. And so it, it and that felt genuine. He felt like an actual adult, not someone who like didn't understand what sex was, even though they were in their like mid twenties. Um, so yeah, I'll marry him. I'll also fuck Gina. I feel like though, if you fuck her, you can never go back to the bar where she works. Oh yeah, I know. And like that bar I'm fine with. I don't need to go back to that bar ever again. But like I'd I I'd fuck her as long as she doesn't work at like one of my favorite bars that I like. Cause then I could never go back to that bar ever again. Um yeah. and then I'll also kill Kelly Leslie. And I I feel like I just have to look at her and be like but what is your name? And then she would just like dissipate into the ether. She is a character cannot hold up to even the scrutiny of like, but what actually is your name? Which draft are we on here? Oh God. So obnoxious. Anyway, your turn, Claire. All right. Well, your choices are. Yes. Um, Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty. Mm-hmm. Or Lance. Okay. This is easy. I'm going to fuck Lance because I bet he's good at it. Oh, yeah. Or maybe he's a pillow princess. 
but he sounded cute. Either way, I, like it's good for one night, and then we both move on with our lives. I'm not the rich boyfriend that he wants, so everything's fine. We move on. I'm going to kill Chase because he's creepy and weird. I don't, st- don't like this is a reason to hate rich people. You see someone la- with a tray laden with drinks and you just stand right behind them because your your time is the most important thing. Right. Or God. you think or you get angry when someone's like, why did you follow me to my house? Yeah. Or like if a gay guy flirts with you, you get angry and cover up your body as if that means anything to anyone. <laughs> Claire did a face and a movement and it was very funny. Um, and then I'm going to marry Ty just because he, he was, I mean, he was too perfect. There was, there was nobody needed to learn or grow in either of these, what well, they needed to, but they didn't in these books. Um, but he's very sweet. He's very nice. He'll bring me good Chinese food. This is important to me. Um, and despite being famous, he, he feels very down to earth, which which I like. So I'm going to marry him. What about you, Claire? Yeah, all the same. I think like, um, I think Lance, opposite of Gina, you could totally go back to that bar. Like, Oh, for sure. Like that is not a fuck that you have to be embarrassed about yeah. or that he is going to make you feel bad about. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Like, and he's still going to be a good time, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Do I get the feeling he might be a pillow princess? Sure. Mm-hmm. But is all the moments up to and after that going to be fun? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to be a good time. And I think he might actually introduce me to whoever my real boyfriend is going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fair. Fair, fair, fair. Um, I, uh, I think I'm definitely going to marry Ty. I think he was great. Like... Um, I dislike the down, like, I dislike the down to earth, um, movie star fantasy. <laughs> I am perfectly fine with movie stars being a little bit like, what, what, what do you mean? You can't just have anything you want at any point. Like, oh my God, that is crazy. Oh, I have to learn things. Like I'm perfectly fine with that. Only like, green M&Ms. I'm not going to yell at anyone, but why aren't there only green M&Ms? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm down for it just because, like, you know, it gives people, you know, a little bit of perspective. I do also like the I also don't like the fantasy because I dislike the I dislike people thinking, oh, they're not real human beings like Mm -hmm. that movie stars. And like you say, oh, my God, he was so down to earth. And then you give me a list of examples of a human being like, oh, he just went to the bathroom. Like It was no big deal. You say say that, Claire. (laughs) But also then we find out celebrities being like. You're not allowed to look at me. And I. why don't people just stay inside their $3 million mansions during COVID? <laughs> or fucking Madonna in her milk and rose bath being like, COVID is the great equalizer. Like, some celebrities are not people. No, and you're right. You're right. That's that you're right. But, like, for me, the sexual fantasy isn't, like, the down-to-earthness. But fair, I, fair, fair. I thought he was human and, like, enough. And so that was fine for me. And I totally marry him. And he seems totally great. Um. Uh. Yeah, and I'm gonna kill Chase because wow, uh, Chase is a bad robot. Yes, a bad, bad robot. So yeah, splendid. Anyway, <laughs> and of, out of all the characters, Claire. Well, Chase is gonna die. That's the end of Chase. Um, <laughs> uh, 
there's just so few to choose from then so we're just going right back to love's opening night where i think it's going to be uh i'm going to marry both jeremy and ty because i don't really want to break them up they do seem happy with each other and maybe i could just be like i'll just you know i'll just be their secretary sometimes and i think that would be fine <laughs> i like that in your fantasy <laughs> marriage you equate marriage to being a man's secretary well when it's two gay guys who are like you know gonna be rich broadway stars yeah <laughs> okay sure <laughs> they gotta have some reason to keep me around <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so then I think I'm, I'm going to fuck Lance. I think, uh, he's not worth keeping around. He's a gift to the city. He, must- <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is a, uh, uh, oh fuck. What's the word I'm looking for? Not civic service. He is. Never mind. The wine, the wine has happened. Civil service. No, yes. not that. No, not that. Like. <laughs> He's he's a, he's a, like a community commodity. That's not <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Community service, but he's not community service. He's like he's like a. Uh, never mind. It's not important. Not important. Anyway, Neil. Um, I'm going to fuck Jeremy. Um, I bet he would take me to some like cute little dive bar that the, all the actors go to. Or something beforehand, and then it'd be fun. He seems he seems to know what he's doing. Um, I'm gonna marry Ty. Enough said. And then I'm gonna. I want to kill Chase, but then part of me also wants to kill Gina. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait for them to all be in the bar. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for Lance to be out on a hookup, and let everyone else be in the bar. Like. Kelly, Leslie, Gina, Chase, the regulars, the rich kids, and I'll just lock the door and set the bar on fire. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, Mass yeah, yeah, murder. yeah. No problem. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, if Kelly Leslie can wang a guy over the head and murder him in in uh, the ocean or whatever, I can do it too. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the books, Claire. Uh, speaking of mass murder, I'm going to kill both these books. Yay! And you? That's fair. Uh, same. Same. <laughs> what an interesting point we just made. <laughs> Goodness. Okay. All right. Uh, I think it's time for our favorite, favorite game. I think it is. Christine, yes! Okay. So when I... Right. One of these books has a parenthetical that I will not read because... Oh, wait, no. It has the title, colon, subtitle, and a parenthetical. So oh I will God. read the title and the parenthetical. That's so much punctuation. I know. I'll read the title and the parenthetical, but not the subtitle because that gives it away for one of them. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's what's going to... Yeah, it, it will. Okay. Okay. So we are reading Pies and Promises, Heartcraft Market Book One by Ducky Mack, which is one of my favorite author names we have ever come across, and Egomaniac by V. Keeland, Vi, V.I., Vi Keeland, V. Keeland, Vi Keeland. 
Do need those again. So Pies and Promises. Pies and Promises, Heartcraft Market, book one by Ducky Mac and Egomaniac by Vi Keeland. I'm going to say Chefs. No, we've done Chefs. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, We're not there yet. Is it Arts and Crafts? No. Is it Food Court? No. (laughs) These are all good, though. They're not close. I want but to say good. pies, but like, right? I know, I know, I know. Wait, is it math? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we like math. Um, is it food related? No. Okay. All right. Um, we're not doing Jane Austen again, are we? <laughs> yeah, you know the famous Jane Austen novel no, Egomaniac I mean, like, by Jane Austen adaptations. <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the famous Jane Austen book, Eagle Maniac. By Vi Keeland. <laughs> Scientists. No. Um, architects? I, sorry? Architects? No. I will give you a hint that you're on the right track and that it's a type of person. Okay. Okay. Civil engineer. No. <laughs> also, I think the phrase I was trying to think of is that Lance is a community resource. Oh, he yeah. He is there for the community. What? Is, uh, not a community commodity? <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> Which is great. Um, uh, I don't, so not I'm a trying to. I'm trying to no. think what an egomaniac is and trying to separate it from just the individual egomaniacs that I know. Um, <laughs> it, it is actually, the theme is those egomaniacs that you know. Yes. <laughs> I the found egomaniacs them. in Christine's life. That's I, I waited specific. two hours for you to finish work and then I followed you and found all the egomaniacs. <laughs> um, Lawyers? No. Politicians. We haven't done lawyers, have we? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, which is a surprising considering Claire and I worked at law firms for many years. Well, Sorry, what was the last thing you said, Christine? Politicians? No. Hard to think of somebody who's more of an egomaniac than a politician. All right, I want one clue. Um, okay, I'll give you this one for free. <laughs> Ego, it, it, when you think of egomaniac, you're not going to think of this type of person. Um, um, and then let me think of something that is actually more helpful. Um, social workers. No. Here's, here's my hint. It's not a profession. Okay. Right <laughs> <laughs> Grandmas. I was going to no. say Teenagers. No. <laughs> Grandma's is getting into the right direction. Ants. No. <laughs> Nephews. <laughs> no. Single moms. No. But Retirees. very, very close. Oh. Okay. Stepmoms? No. Single dads? Yes. <gasps> oh, I love a single dad. <laughs> we know. Um <laughs> Yeah, these are single dad romances. So the full titles oh <laughs> are Pies and Promises in MM Single Dad Romance by Heartcraft Market or Heartcraft Market Book One by Ducky Mac 
and Egomaniac by Vi Keeland. Oh. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners. We, of course, uh, could not do this, would not do this, shall not do this without you. Shant. Shant. Um, but also, what are other ways that our listeners can support us? Well, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, all that good stuff. That's helpful. But this is capitalism and we need money. So go to patreon.com slash fmklitpod. There's a link in the description. Or if you're listening on your phone and you're on your computer, please type in the whole URL patreon.com slash fmklitpod it's hard to search for us on patreon because we say dirty words dirty, like dirty words felching <laughs> um thank you authors thank you so much authors we know that we tear your books apart and then kill them um but you know what we did pay for them <laughs> yes you have and our we money encourage others to pay for them as well yes and um I know one of these writers is fairly successful as a romance writer, so he's doing just fine. <laughs> I, I'm sure the other one is as well. They don't they don't need our opinions. Our opinions mean nothing to them, and that's perfectly fine. And that is perfectly, perfectly fine. Yes. So I guess all that's left to say is if you can do so safely. And consensually. And in the light of a funky beer can lantern. In actual New York City. Fucking <laughs> 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 cat behind me was a 